Welcome to the Chatty Bear podcast. I'm Amit Bhaskar and she is Geraldine Sanglang. Every Wednesday and Saturday we share our food and travel experiences so you feel more comfortable on your own. If you are watching us on YouTube, make sure to subscribe our channel and click that uh, bell button. And if you are listening us on audio platforms like Amazon Music, Apple Podcast, Spotify, make sure you follow us for further notifications. This episode is sponsored by Leading Presence. Whether you're starting a new business or looking for a fresh challenge at work, professional branding is key. Leading Presence consultants tell your story so you can lead online. So in this episode, we're discussing our visit to the Museum of the Future. Yeah. And so Amit was very excited to go. He was really looking forward to it. So I will ask you first, as you walked into the Museum of the Future, what were your first impressions? first impression of the museum of future uh, the word itself it looks futuristic <laughs> first thing the shape of it the shape of this whole building is like like an eye which is supposed to be a vision for future so when you enter the hall the lobby it's everything is white and um, from our child since our childhood we have seen sci-fi movies and in spaceships or all those space stations the interior is almost white so when you enter the lobby it 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 gives you that vibe and then there is a flying animal which is without any battery without any <laughs> fan so that impression itself like you feel like okay this is something new i just came to and it's going to be exciting did you know that that animal was to be floating around i didn't actually know it was familiar when i saw it i must have seen images but i didn't expect that it would be there. I, i have actually seen so many videos and people talk about it like why and how it's floating <laughs> yeah but actually it's a it's a very thin material that they use and there is a very tiny fan inside it so it basically floats in the air and it controls the direction as well after a while i think the battery goes down or something it goes back to the maintenance bay and then from there it comes out after 30 minutes yeah super cute i was not expecting that i it sounds kind of ridiculous when you talk about it it's kind of like oh there's this floating kind of metallic animal in the sky yeah. but it almost sets the tone because once you walk in yes as i said everything is kind of white crisp but there's something about seeing that flying animal animal that moves up and down it's got little fins so it it appears that it's right. floating or flying that it feels a little bit more human than you would expect i think right. it made it more whimsical honestly yeah. and then it wasn't till we were leaving i was kind of playing with it and it was doing what he was doing and i was just kind of standing around and it would come to me and he said don't worry you can't touch it and i was <laughs> leaning over but it went down to a kid and yeah. like a kid got to touch it and so i was all yeah. mystified it was very amusing and to watch it go in and out of its little you know charging house which was also mm-hmm. amusing kind of like a disneyland moment of where is he going where is he coming back it was yeah that was pretty and bad. the way it moves sometimes closer to audience and then just moves out i feel somebody's controlling it but yeah it's it's so uh, magical to just see it flying around and sometimes only sometimes you can just touch it so it's yeah. a very beautiful moment yeah super mesmerizing something else that i that captured me that i didn't know we were going to experience is that all of the indentations the shape in 
that eye shape, mm. which I didn't realize an eye shape. I think I referred to it as uh, like a, a sideways donut, not really knowing what they were going for. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's a big part of my first impression is realizing that the curiosity is kind of ingrained in mm. the entire design, whether it's that architectural piece or the things that we saw inside, it really sparked curiosity. Mm. Um, and then to realize too, as you walk in, there's a plaque that explains these are the quotes that the Sheikh said or made and these lines are inscribed all over the museum. So even from the outside, when you're looking at that eye shape and you see the metallic color mixed in with those indentations, they look like window holes, that's all Arabic language, mm. which I think is so beautiful because then your eye looks for that everywhere mm. and it's above you, it's on the walls. I think that's so beautiful. Yeah, one thing I forgot to mention, like when you enter the hall, uh, the text which is written outside, it's actually visible inside as well. Mm. Plus, uh, because text is like, it's engraved in the building, so there is light moving across those texts. Mm. So when the light moves like dims and flashes and all those things, it feels like the building is alive, like mm. it's breathing or something. So that, that also gives a like sci-fi feeling, like mm. moving to future. The Sheikh provided three quotes, and these quotes are written, inscribed, all over the building. Would you like to yeah. read them? Well, the three quotes are, it's longer, so we are going to read it. First quote is, we won't live for hundreds of years, but we can create something that will last for hundreds of years. The future will be for those who will be able to imagine, design, and build it. The future does not wait. The future can be designed and built today. The third quote is, the secret of the renewal of life, the development of civilization, and the progress of humanity is in one word innovation. Would you like to describe a little bit about the layout of the museum? What was it like to arrive and where did they, where did they ask us to go? Yeah, so uh, you have to book the appointment online or you can just walk in, get the ticket there and they'll, then they'll give you a ribbon that you can just put around your wrist. And that ribbon has a plastic thing, which is basically an NFC card that is used to track your, track your, not movement, like to track your entry, exit and all those things. Wait, I'm going to interrupt you. So it's an RFID uh, little card and it reminded me of every time you go to a music festival, that's what they have. So if you're going to Squamish, what have you, Sasquatch, pardon me, that's what you have. So in the background, even though we were in this very formal <laughs> first year of this beautiful museum, in my mind, I'm like, oh, we're going to music festival <laughs> yeah. and then in the lobby you see three lifts and those three lifts are in the form in the shape of a hyperloop like it's like hyperloop pod so there were three pods and they are basically lift but when you see it from outside it really really feels like it's a pod of a hyperloop which is going up and down so that also adds to the whole ambience of scientific sci-fi sci feeling I really appreciated that there was lots of staff there. So as Amit said, you take this elevator, you go to the top floor and their instructions are very clear where they bring you to, there's a sort of an experience on that top floor. You come down a level, you have another experience. It's very fluid. You never feel like you're completely lost where you're yeah. wandering a museum and you're thinking, you know, what's going on now? Where do I go? Because it, it becomes kind of daunting after a while. Yeah but they also are very out of your way. So folks are instructing you, oh, we can head over here, but you'd never feel like you're being kind of 
pushed along in a queue where it's a hurry up, hurry up thing, which I appreciated as well. A whole Museum of the Future experience is divided into five chapters. The first phase of the Museum of Future is about the space and the space station. I think it's called the moon. So how it happens, you enter the hall and then you get into a lift, which is designed to mimic a space uh, spaceship liftoff. So once you are inside, the the screens on your left, right, up, down, it start to like make an make an image or video like it's going up, and especially the sound effect. The sound effect was uh, so loud and it actually felt like you're inside like a rocket and the lift in which you are, it actually vibrates a little bit. So you really feel, uh, you really get the sensation of you're inside the spaceship, right? And when you see down, you can actually see you're going out of the earth and then you get into the clouds and everything. And then you see on the top ceiling screen, you see uh, uh, the space station called Hope and slowly it's, it, it moves towards you and it feels like you are in the spaceship and it's going towards that space station and then ultimately it docks to the space station and then the gate of the space station uh, opens up and that's when the lift gates open, open up and the moment the gate opens up it's all dark except there's a bright moon ahead. Mm -hmm. So you really feel like you're in space, you just entered a new era. And this whole, not to uh, forget, this whole experience is meant to be in 2071. So they ask you to believe that you are in 2071 and this is how it's going to be at that time. Well, part of the creativity of, as well of that experience is that once you arrive and you're going or you're about to go up into that launch is that you're told the story that yeah. your story is that we're going to go into space and you're going to arrive and it's at this time and actually something we forgot to discuss is that when you arrive you're provided um how did they describe it was it like an an avatar tour guide i can't remember yeah. the proper name of what what they said or how they introduced this person yeah it's it's they said it's ai oh it's an ai yeah so it's an artificial uh, artificial intelligence. It's a lady who basically guides you through the whole journey. So you will uh, you'll see her in each phase. So in first phase, she asks you to get out of the lift and move towards the space station area where they have a prototype or a model of the space station called Hope. And it's beautiful. Like if you're watching us on YouTube, we'll put it here for you. It's it's actually a beautiful presentation. When I saw the AI, the the person who's leading you through, I had this moment of thought of how much research was done to confirm or clarify that this is the most pleasing voice, this is the most pleasing shade, eyes, clothing. It's, um, yeah, I would suggest it's a her female Amirati dressed with head cover, not with face covering, um, but yes, a baya and headscarf as well, which yeah. I thought was interesting. It was very welcoming. I mean, yeah. it's, it's AI. You're like, okay, cool, let's go into this space. But I just thought it's, it's kind of fascinating to see what they selected. Yeah, that AI face actually is a good amalgamation of tradition and modern era. So it felt very nice. I remember like once you have seen that uh, spaceship uh, model, you go to a section where you can actually point to a particular satellite. Remember? You can actually point to a particular satellite and... Oh, it's because the narrative is now that you're here at the station, yeah. now we're recruiting for people to do certain... Yes. Yeah. Um, 
things, uh, yeah. you know, like uh, tasks. Yeah. And so you, oh yeah, you scan your RFID, yeah. and then it allows you to select. Uh, no, it's not task. What would you call that? Like a journey adventure or something mm -hmm. like that. To be honest, I think that was a little bit beta because when I would select it, it was very charming where it would say, you know, it would have this big hologram of myself and my freaky looking face because it's one shape of body. And it says, okay, you've been recruited and now you're an astronaut. Yeah. And then, so that was very charming. But then once you try to select the mission, I suppose, mm -hmm. that's when it kind of I think that the buttons or the arrows didn't yeah. really connect. That was a little bit awkward. But other than that, it was there were so many little activities in that space mm -hmm. that next thing you know, it's time to move on anyways. And mm -hmm. so you're just kind of in awe of this weird U shape of a... <laughs> yeah. And then there was a massive screen as well where the Earth was rotating. So you feel like mm -hmm. you're looking over the Earth from a yes. space station. I think visually it's very stunning. stimulating. Yeah, yeah stunning. Yeah. Fascinating if you're a kid and fascinating if you're an adult because you're looking at this stuff. Like, oh, this and is and whenever we, you have watched like Star Wars, any such sci-fi movies, you always see like scientists in spaceship like rotating some things and the line moves up. <laughs> they have simulated that. You click a button, then the data comes out and everything. It will actually remind you of those movies that you have seen. So mm -hmm. Definitely very interactive, stimulating, yeah. and you're, you're very interested. You want to know what's the next thing that's going to yeah, come up. Yeah. In my mind, though, the whole time I kept thinking like, Museum of the Future, what is the what is the focus apart from where are we going? You know what mm. I mean? I think as much as there was a narrative at that point, I was just kind of, all right, it's beautiful, it's cool. Yeah. I don't think I was as like yeah. fully enthralled as you were. Beautiful, cool, but... Mm. But you were so attached to the second part, li yes. Library of Life. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Library of Life, yeah stunning and when you for me anyways when I first walked in I was just so attracted to the aesthetic beauty of the light mm. it kind of looks like you know that 1980s toy where it's yeah it's kind of fractures of light and all you want to do even a kaleidoscope it looked like you were walking into mm. a kaleidoscope mm. or some futuristic movie where there's yeah there's beams of light and you have to escape but um, then you move closer and this building or this particular room is, is I think it's spherical or how mm. the design is, is that it's in a kind of an open sphere. If now that I think about it, it's actually in a shape which looks like an eye, if you mm. remember, it's, it goes like this, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it's again, so this area is meant to showcase which species are going to survive in 2071. So for you, if you are inside that museum at this point, you are in 2071. So for you, 2071 is not future, you are in that present. Mm -hmm. So at that time, you are actually checking these specimens, like whether these species have survived or not. But once you arrive, you don't actually know that. All you're thinking about is, this is pretty, this is beautiful, <laughs> let yeah. me take a photo, there's a lot of people here. And the space is so large that even though you're taking your time and enjoying and there's all other people, you never really feel crowded mm. um, and so these glass uh, were they boxes no they were glasses yeah cylindrical but glasses. they were oh yes they were cylindrical shapes made of glass they were hanging from the ceiling and that is actually the colors that you see mm. is that they're all hanging and they've got fractures of light bouncing against them mm. and so when you come in you're thinking oh that's beautiful it's cool let's take a photo and then when you have a moment and chat with the staff because this is not this museum doesn't operate where there's loud announcements all the time. 
Um, I think in the airport, even they refer to it as as a quiet silent space, a yeah. silent space, silent airport, yeah. yeah, so that it's not like all of this information just kind of screaming at you all mm -hmm. the time. So if folks will come up to you and provide information that makes it even more comforting. It's mm. not so sudden. So somebody comes up to you and you, you're chatting and they say, actually, if you take this device and put it up to one of the specimens, mm. then it will tell you based on the gases and all of these things, whether it will survive. Mm. And then it totally changed the whole library where yeah. it went from something beautiful and I'm looking for familiar shapes like ducks and Canada geese and salmon mm. to realizing, oh no, where are the salmon? Are they going to make it to, yeah. to that time? This brings me to a point where uh, this museum is like focal attraction right now right mm. and people from all around the world are coming to see it we from Canada India there are people coming from so many places but in their countries they all have their own favorite animals mm. favorite plants that they know so when you enter this area which has like more than 2500 species you your your intention is to find the one you know. Yes. Like you you were like salmon, right? Mm -hmm. I was looking for I don't know what. <laughs> I was just confirming lizards and all those things. Oh, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah. I think because when you first walk in, it's spiders and stuff, and yeah. so I thought I want to find yeah. something else. I don't take a photo of these spiders. Yeah. <laughs> so when you enter the left hand side, uh, left hand side are all the plant species. On the right hand side, it's all uh, animals. So they give you this device called, as she said, like biosynth device, and one of the sad part was when you pointed to a species that is extinct extinct in 2071 that cylindrical glass changes to red and that actually gives you some different sensation in your mind, in your mind like this didn't survive so it's like you have a very real feeling like you read about it this won't survive this will be extinct you just let it go but there when it turns from beautiful color to red and you know it's not more uh, not there anymore it feels weird it totally changes the experience as well of admiring the beauty of the colors yeah. and the aesthetic beauty that I described because then now it's yeah a roadmap of what is not surviving yeah. so yeah. so the next area is called the future of wellness that's the next chapter and we were very surprised by the experience there it felt very different than other museums mm. and even though there were elements that we were both expecting to see it just wasn't what we thought so I mean do you want to just your experience there? Yeah, from the uh, from the beginning of this experience, it's about space shuttle, spaceship, technology, biosynth device, laboratory of life, all tech and everything, right? And then uh, you are subjected to or you are given an opportunity to go to a space where they encourage you not to have any tech with you. So it's totally uh, an area dedicated to all the wellness, like mindfulness, wellness of your body, your soul, your thought and everything. So when you enter this area, there is a fountain of incense. It creates a soothing effect on your face. And then you can just relax, sit there. And then when you enter the main arena, main hall, there you see on the ground, lots of sand projection. So it's basically projection, but the beautiful part about it was, when you step on that area, the sand projection actually moves like a ripple, like you just put your uh, feet in the water. 
So it felt like you were stepping into a fountain. Yeah, you keep walking, and the sand actually keeps moving with your steps. Mm-hmm. So that was amazing experience. Mm-hmm. Really cute when you would see kids run across. Yeah, and you could see that moment where they understood, like it's following me, and you yeah. see adults, you know, taking photos and stuff like <laughs> yeah. it's following me too. It's very cute. Yeah, the wave creation was amazing. How they do it. They only know. We can find out tech and everything, but we can just talk about the feeling, right? We are not going to into the tech. So projection lights are up, up, and then it's just coming down on ground, and it moves with your motion. It's so amazing. Something that I liked about the area just before that as well is that so you're walking through this hallway, which is quiet. That's where you've got the the fragrant scents and things like that. And then you enter a room where it's focused on just auditory feeling. Yeah. So all all of a sudden. You're in this um, crowd-controlled space where it's just a private sound bath. And where would you ever expect to experience something like that in a museum, in a public space? I've never experienced that in my life. I've heard of it. It sounds beautiful. But essentially, you're seated in kind of curtained-off areas, still in the museum. You're still traveling. Is it the one where there were two big bells? Yeah, it's like... Two big gongs where they're facing both sides of the wall and you're seated in kind of curtained areas on kind of poofy, uh, kind of like couch material. And there's two areas where you can sit. So there were moments where we just sat there where the whole sound bath was just the two of us. And then eventually there were other parties who joined, you know, they sat on other sides and then we would wander off. And even as you were touring the wellness area, you could still hear that those gongs, the the bell, and feel that reverberation around you, which was amazing as well. Yeah, this 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 healing section is like the projection thing we talked about. They call it movement therapy. So it moves with you and everything. The gong thing we talked about is called ground therapy. Mm. And it's yeah, (laughs) that experience, I I remember like we were sitting inside and there's constant like humming coming in your ear. And for a moment, you don't you feel like it's just music playing, maybe. But no, it's actually those gongs right in front of each other. I just subjected to the vibrations. When you stand in the middle of them, like just in the center, you feel it, I think, more. From there, you move to the next section, which is, I think, feeling section, feeling therapy. And feeling therapy, I didn't feel that much, but she knew. Uh, she actually felt it better than me, actually. So in this section, you just put your hand around this uh, circular thing, which which is supposed to give you ultrasonic waves in your palm. No, it was puffs of air. Oh. Yeah. So it was this interesting moment where, okay, so you know that area where we say where you walk and then it follows you, it looks like it's moving with you. So if you turn your body outside, as if you're looking at the other people walking towards you, then you see that there's, I think, four or five different rooms. Mm. And each room is a different uh, therapy therapy to try Mm. out, which is amazing. Who knew that that existed? And if, I think if somebody told you that coming in, you would have feelings or expectations Mm. about that or be completely dissuaded from going. But to be there, literally surrounded by this gong and it's dark, (laughs) and there's people then you're like oh I'll wander into this room thinking it's a museum room so yeah one of them you go in and I remember seeing Amit so you go into a room and then there's multiple stations because you can try these different therapies Mm. and so the one it kind of looks like when you go over it's um, you know when you go for Japanese 
barbecue, Korean barbecue, mm. there's a grill in the middle of your table. And so it's kind of like a domed grill, and then around it, it's kind of like padded railing. Yeah. So you take your um, forearms and you rest it on the railing, and then you have your hands just resting above it. Um, what were you going to say, though? I was thinking like it's it's like Harry Potter that thing, <laughs> the liquid yeah, in it. You just that, yeah. look into it. Yeah. But true. here you don't have to. It didn't have to look here. You just had to rest yourself and then put the palm there. Totally. And again, there's no loud directions where people are saying, you know, walk this way, put yeah. your hands this way. So you're kind of looking around like, oh, what are they doing? Are yeah. there instructions like? You don't know, yeah, right? Basically, use your human instinct. It's yeah. like, don't ask for anything. You know what's happening. Yeah. So when I figured it out, and then, because there's a moment where then there's like some soothing language that they say, close your eyes and feel it. And you can feel, yeah, it's like puffs of air that would move up and down. It's like a, a line of puffs of air that would move up and down your palms. And your palms are resting over this grate. It was, yeah, it was quite amazing as you're resting above. Mm. So, yeah, as I saw Amit kind of like, what is going on so we just kind of positioned him <laughs> so he could feel it and then once you feel it yeah. well what did you think once you once you got it to me it didn't feel uh, I, I mean felt it I felt it but it wasn't uh, uh, strong enough for me to like register it properly like it was a vibration here and here mm. but I knew something is happening mm. <laughs> so that was there. there's some therapeutic yeah the next section in this uh, healing section was connection therapy uh, in this connection therapy, uh, they make like five, six people sit around a table. That table is essentially a screen, and then there is a there is a speaker in front of you, and you have to lower down yourself and hum to it. So all five, six people are humming together like, mm, and when the humming gets strong enough with the vibration. Oh, wait, and so as yeah. you are humming, you can see this light in front of you yeah. um, extend. So it gets brighter and brighter so yeah. that everybody humming individually comes and collectively, yeah. <laughs> once we've all hummed enough, so yeah. to say, or yeah, then it reaches the pinnacle. And then mm. what was the success? Was it the success was, yeah, oh, I see. when the connection is reached, basically in the center, when the energy goes to the center from all sides because of your humming, then there is a smell that comes out. Oh, right. Right. Yeah, I remember now. The fragrance comes out, and then you can smell it. It's so it's basically it's the national flower of yeah of, of UAE. UAE. Yes. yes, and it's basically a depiction of how communal harmony and living together can create something beautiful. Basically, mm -hmm. before moving on to the next section, something that I really appreciated about that particular example and everything in that wellness area is that not only are you provided spaces where you yourself, the traveler, the explorer can take a breath, have a relaxing moment, but also you're still engaging with other people. I don't go to museums to talk. I don't go to museums to meet people, mm -hmm. but it was sort of an interesting lesson or experience to see that there are activities where you do feel more connected, but you're not forced to really engage with people. Yeah. Like I don't feel awkward. It was just more like, okay, let's all hum. And then <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed it. And then we moved on. It was, yeah. it was lovely. Yeah. And the next section was the center. Mm. The center was the last part of uh, Future of Wellness, but it was a place where we almost slept. <laughs> so. I think we both did a little bit. A little <laughs> yeah. Bit. It's actually so relaxing. You can't resist. So this section is... <clears throat> Sorry, there's a glass dome 
uh, supported by steel pillars and on that glass dome there is water and below the glass dome there is a light a very high power light it goes to the uh, goes to the water and then it creates reflection on the ceiling and you can actually sleep on the floor there are proper cushions over there you can actually sleep on the floor just look at the reflection and the ripple effects all the time and you're invited to yeah position yourself yeah. where your feet are towards this rippling thing and your back is leaning against yeah was there i forget was there cushions what were we leaning on i know we were on the floor there were cushions, but, yeah. oh yeah, there were there cushions, were cushions. Yeah, yeah. yeah and the good part about it was like the ripples will change with the vibration because remember we talked about the ground therapy where the mm. vibration was happening that kind of vibration was happening here as well and it was changing the ripple effect all the time mm. so when you're looking up it's like you're getting hypnotized or something mm-hmm. <laughs> ripples going out coming in then it will just close down and then suddenly it will start again mm-hmm. so beautifully just yeah it's hypnotizing actually well so that area was meant to mimic or encourage the feeling of meditation mm. and so actually you're asked not to bring your cell phone in mm. and if you have children their language was please control your children <laughs> yeah. and this is not knowing what you're going into but once you walk in and it's just so quiet of course you understand yeah um Yeah, really fascinating space. You don't expect to be encouraged to meditate in the mm. middle of a museum surrounded by a bunch of strangers laying on the floor. Mm. <laughs> That was beautiful and welcoming. Like yeah. we wanted to be there. We spent a lot of time there. Yeah, once you you have entered the museum gate, actually everything is you want to explore it. Yes. They're not bring you just let's go here, let's go there. No. Mm-hmm. It just oh what's that let's go and see it mm-hmm. and when you check it out you actually like it mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the best best part you don't feel like oh this was just a waste of time no it doesn't happen like that and also unlike a lot of other museums i didn't feel ill-equipped or not ready to be there mm. i felt like exactly as i came is how i was meant to be there yeah and now let's see what there is yeah. and let's talk yeah. about it in this phase there was another section called uh digital amazon Digital Amazon is a space where they have massive screens connected to these uh, podiums and the podium color changes from red and white depending on when it's busy or not. You touch your RFID card there and then the moment you touch it this on the screen you start creating rainforest. So you see these high definition plants and trees growing up with the rain and everything. And that that's supposed to connect you with nature and make you feel sort of responsible that you are responsible for amazon or plants or environments and all those things so that was one great experience what about you well i think the colors are really what um like shook my perception while mm. we were in that part of the exhibit because yeah you touch your uh, tag to the thing it starts with kind of a blank black screen and then it grows into this tree and forest and all those good things and then the sad part is to kind of wipe the slate clean so the next person can use it mm. it actually has like red illumination where it looks like it's on fire mm. and then it becomes nothingness and then you build from a from nothing again. So on the one hand it was beautiful and very eye-catching to see this animation of building out of nothing. On the other hand, it is quite impactful to think that well, in order to make it fresh like this, yeah. it almost suggests that we need to 
burn it to the ground where that is what is happening is mm -hmm. that it's kind of decaying in its own way and, and then it'll begin anew. So it's a bit freaky, yeah. um, but I, I'm not sure what the intention was. Yeah. In the next section after this is uh, there were displays about bioengineering and where this uh, you can see spiders, insects, many animals who have been changed genetically for them to be able to survive in 2071 environment and you know all the pollution and everything probably so this area shows you how they can actually change genetics of living organisms so it survives in harsh environments it was pretty funny speaking with the the hosts who guide you okay go through this area go through that area so in sort of your minds, you can hear folks talking to each other and this one host said to the other person, okay, you walk through here, this is what it's like in 2070, and then over here, what we're gonna do is genetically modify the things so that they can survive, and it makes mm. you think, oh my gosh, do we have to genetically modify everything mm. so that it'll make it? But um, yeah. perhaps that is what they were suggesting in, in the narrative anyways. Mm. So let's move to the next section. Yeah. Okay. The next section is called Future of Transportation. And here you will see lots of friendly technology. You have seen those technology usually. And for example, some of the technologies uh, that are displayed are drones, uh, I think nitro powered or hydrogen powered car, and then jetpack for humans. You have seen, you must have seen the videos from Gravity Company, which, which has this wearable jetpack. You can fly with that. That is shown there, then there's uh, Tesla uh, exoskeleton, I guess, and then yeah, there was a suit and a glove. Yeah, and then there was uh, there were different types of walls representing the kind of cement or the building materials. One of them was m made with uh, coconut husk, mm -hmm. and you feel like coconut husk is uh, soft or no? When you hit it, it's very hard. <laughs> Yeah, and they it's show so like brilliant. So yeah. brilliant to show what it looks like because it's hard to think about what it would look like. Mm -hmm. um, and then yes, to be able to feel it and to see the different textures that these materials made mm -hmm. because I don't remember the exact facts, but it spoke to how much of these husks are discarded simply because, you know, we want the coconut water, we want mm. the coconut meat, what do you do with the shell? I have no purpose for banana skins apart from putting it into compost type of thing. But to mm. imagine that actually there's a technology where they can convert the coconut husks into strong enough material that it can be roof, that's mm. pretty amazing. Cool to see. Yeah. And after this section, you move to the area where you can actually uh, it's sort of a balcony, so you can go out and you're surrounded with this glass panel and you can see Sheikh Jayad Road, I guess, and you can see the whole eye structure above you. So you are, so eye is like this and you're somewhere here. So the whole structure is visible to you. It was very hot that day. Uh, like if the weather was much better, we would have stayed for four longer but the, it was so humid and so moist. It was so moist that there were uh, signs saying the stairs might be slippery. Mm -hmm. And they yeah, were, like they I were. think it was some kind of stone material. Yeah. So very beautiful, very white. Mm -hmm. But also what came to mind was that we didn't really see accessible, an accessible way to go up. You mm -hmm. had to take these, well, relatively narrow and slightly slippery stairs because mm -hmm. of the humidity. Um, so I'm not quite sure how folks who are unable to climb those stairs would be able to go up there. Perhaps there's an opportunity, but I'm not quite sure it mm. was clear. 
Um, but yeah, beautiful up there. Essentially, you get up there, you see what you've been looking at in all of these photos and videos, and even from the road, you finally see what it's like to be there、mm. in the open air. And yeah, it's a rectangular platform. There's sort of a long walkway, and it's it's beautiful because folks who have been really wanting to take those posed photos are doing their thing, enjoying the space. You see families taking their photos. Yeah. And at some point for us, it was like there's a turning point where it's like, oh, super hot. Let's go downstairs.、Yeah. <laughs> Let's get it out of here. And I'm I'm not quite sure about whether they have a lift system there or not. So if you guys have been there, you can comment with it because we we were like we were in hurry to see that view, so we just took stairs. There might be lift or something. It doesn't make sense for a futuristic building like this to not have a lift for somebody to experience that view. So if you guys have seen it and if it, it exists, please comment here in the video or just、uh, into the podcast, and we'll get to know that. So the next section is called Future Heroes, and what it felt like to me was that it was a big nursery.、Mm. <laughs> it was a place where kids can play. They could probably, you know, get the need to run around out of their systems.、Uh, there's a spot for stroller parking. Yeah, we didn't spend much time there because you could tell it was well. It was called Future Heroes, and visually, you could see it was de- designed for kids.、So. Yeah. <laughs> also, we were not comfortable filming there because of the kids, I guess. <laughs> well, it was inappropriate to film. Yeah,、right? yeah. So I was actually ready with the camera, but Geraldine said, "Okay, let's just <laughs> wrap it up here." Well, it's important to know, particularly particularly here in Dubai, there are specific. Laws that prohibit you from recording people's faces,、mm-hmm. and so we do our very best to ensure that that happens. And then, particularly when it's involving children, then we take extra care. And for that, it doesn't matter where you are. In reality,、mm-hmm. when it comes to photography and, and sharing thoughts, even like this, of course, we we do waivers and stuff like、yeah. that. And especially in this museum, then we、mm-hmm. took extra care. But but if somebody is going with their kids, it can be a way for you to just spend some time and. There, yeah, it's perfectly a very futuristic gaming station, gameplay sort of for the kids. It was actually interesting that I think that was really the last floor that you had to explore.、Mm-hmm. So it was interesting to go from such impactful areas、mm-hmm. where it follows the narrative. There's purpose to being on every floor,、mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, okay, here's the play place, and、yeah. then here's the. It just kind of died off,、mm-hmm. in, in my opinion, the、uh, the overall experience、mm-hmm. uh, to go from floor to floor. It was like there was no conclusion. Like, and so here,、mm-hmm. for a space where everything was so. Conceptual and so encouraging you to stay curious. The end, it was just like, and go forth. Would you like to buy ice cream now?、Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of how I felt. Yeah, or maybe it's also like、uh, super responsible thoughts and everything, and you just come down to okay, just chillax and <laughs> yeah, have some ease. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, that is funny because the very top floor, you know, take you to complete imagination. So,、uh, floor below, explore,、mm-hmm. meditate. Explore a bit more of the technology, and then let your kids play, get the wiggles out, type of thing. Yeah, true. So, these were the five phases of Museum of Future, and then we just went to the souvenir shop, and there is a small cafe, which is I think not too much. Like it doesn't have much vast vast menu to explore. There really was no cafe, in my opinion. I almost feel like they were trying to suggest. Keep your food and drinks out of here,、mm-hmm. which I respect、um, for the sake of the. To I suppose maintain the I'll say the sanctity of the space,、mm-hmm. the the ambiance. My one concern though is that understanding that they have an area for kids, that just. 
that does suggest that they're understanding that kids need to act like kids. Mm. So kids get hungry, kids get cranky, they need what they need. Adults sometimes need a little break, you need a little bit of a beverage, you need a little bit of sugar to keep your <laughs> body moving, keep everything flowing. So I was quite surprised that the only place you could have food and beverages, not based on signage, but based on availability, was only on that ground level. Mm. And really all they had available was, there was a coffee machine, which was kind of a, an amusing robotic situation where there's no barista, but it's mm. making lattes, etc. There was an interesting, oh, there, was an, there were a couple of ice cream stands, yes. like yeah. people there. Yeah. There was, what else did they have for food? I mean, I think they had kind of um, like bodega style where you could grab a sandwich mm. on your way out kind mm. of thing, but nothing substantial, nothing encouraging you to stay and hang out and uh, spend more than your allotted time in mm. the museum. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Geraldine Sangalang. He is Amit Bahaskar. Every Wednesday and Saturday, we share our food and travel experiences, hoping you feel more comfortable on your adventures. Please visit chattybear.com where you'll find in-depth articles and additional videos featuring the Museum of the Future and our food and travel experiences. Chat with us on social media and we'll see you next time. Okay.